welcome back welcome back guys we are back for another episode of how your mama them doing where we discuss the stress the strain the triumph and the truth of black motherhood so i got one question for y'all how your mama them doing i want to go ahead and let y'all know before we get here into episode five that if you want to leave any comments if you want to leave any suggestions you want to let me know any of your observations please feel free to go to the facebook page and how your mom and them doing also please go to the instagram page and how your mom and them doing podcast and please definitely hit up the inbox at how your mom and them doing at gmail.com and we're about to get into episode five today we're going to be talking about a child's place okay so i've got a lot of comments from you guys a lot of people responded so let's get it all right y'all good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you are whatever time it is when you're listening uh we're here for episode five of how your mom and i'm doing in today's episode we're talking about a child's place so i always try to come up with these topics like two three four days ahead of time and know everything i'm gonna say and have all my notes written out i actually was writing this out at work today because i was super busy with my kids last night and did not get a chance to like sit down and do my kind of like you know drafting or what i wanted to talk about um but then this kind of came to me and uh and you know kind of tell you the inspiration a little bit for this is uh obviously my own children right um me and my daughter we are both very 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 opinionated uh girls and uh i've been kind of having this back and forth thing with my daughter where she's finding her voice and it's very much a challenge Um, I'm a very opinionated person. I'm a very much a, um, how do I want to say this? I very much am pretty like dogmatic in my actions and I'm pretty um, stubborn when it comes to things. And my daughter is very much the same way. If she's feeling some kind of way about something, she's going to let you know how she feels. And um, I know that some people would look at that and feel like maybe I'm not disciplining her correctly or maybe um, I'm not disciplining her enough and it made me kind of think about like what are some ways that my daughter's being raised or what are some ways that I'm raising my daughter that's different from the way my mother raised me and I thought about the fact that my mother would always say you know you don't have an opinion you are a child I'm the adult I pay the bills you know I'm the rule maker of this particular household right here. And so that's that on that. Um, And it definitely just made me think about what did I perceive as my place as a child? And then how is that the same or different from, you know, the way that I was raised? So um, I kind of want to start a new segment. We're going to kind of do break this podcast down into two segments. One thing that I notice a lot is that mothering and mothering styles uh, is definitely, I believe, generational And so I love to get the perspective from our parents. I love to kind of take some cues from, you know, our mothers, our foremothers. Always want to give them respect, um, you know, and kind of see how they did it. Kind of look back and see how they did things. And then we can kind of do also in like a new school segment where basically we'll be talking about 
current mothers and how we are if, if we're the same as our mothers or if we have a different perspective so real quick let's go ahead and get into old school segment so basically um you know i just really had to think back as far as how did i feel like or what did i feel like was my place in my mother's home um and you know just to give a little bit of background a little bit of insight you know my mother was a single mother she raised me on her own and so, you know, it was her way or the highway, you know, my mother and I, we've had this discussion before, but, you know, my mother definitely set the tone for the household. She definitely set the tone and the structure because without the structure, without the order in the household, obviously things could have gone completely awry. Um, also, it was really her way goes because uh, my father was not there and I believe that she had to make sure that she had that control. She had to definitely make sure that she was the number one authority in our household. Because um, if I did anything out of line, if I stepped out of line, I had to know that that fire was going to come down, come raining down from her. And I had to have that little bit of that little taste of fear in my heart, you know, um, of my mother, you know what I mean, to keep me in line. And I ain't gonna lie, I was definitely, you know, an opinionated child. I definitely was a child who, um, you know, my mom would be trying to talk to me and tell me something. And I had my hand raised like I got something to say, you know, <laughs> I, I too have an opinion. Um, and so I, I definitely was opinionated early. I definitely will say that I got it honestly, but I will not say that me being opinionated was incredibly encouraged in my mother's household like it was like on some like one say one more word say one more word like and see what happened so it was it was definitely I kind of knew and understood that my mama like as loud as my mouth could get my mama could always get louder you know as much as I thought I was big my mama was always bigger and badder than me and she definitely let it be known um you know that my place was as a child like in the sense that you pay no bills you um don't contribute you know what I'm saying financially you don't contribute to the order or the structure I'm the one that makes the order I'm the one that makes the structure I make the rules and if you want to live here happily and like alive <laughs> then you need to follow this order and these rules and so that was definitely the structure of my upbringing um I kind of had to ask myself the question do I feel like um my mom you know reiterating the fact that I was a child do I feel like that dampened my spirit at all do I feel like that took away maybe some of the opinions I would have had um, most of y'all that know me, obviously, you know that I'm super opinionated still to this day. And I still express my opinions whenever and wherever I feel necessary. Um, so I don't feel like it dampened my spirit at all when it came to expressing myself outwardly to the outside world. I will say, I do think at some times I definitely censored myself uh, with expressing my feelings to my mother, I think when it came to some deeper, you know, heavier issues, probably, you know, as I moved into being a teenager, I definitely um, did not, you know, tell her everything. I think obviously we can all say that we knew that there was some stuff that like, nah, you know, mommy would kill me if she knew the X, Y, and Z. There was a lot of things that I wanted to, um, 
you know, keep from her or things that I did not want her to know, um, you know, definitely and in, including like, you know, um, the abuse that I went through that I experienced, um, the sexual violations and things like that, that I experienced. I definitely kept that from her for a long time. So I do think that there is a place where keeping a child quiet can do a little a lot of harm and it wasn't until I was almost grown that I did finally kind of explain to her um some of the things that had happened to me so I do think that it can be harmful to not allow a child to express themselves but I do think that there has to be a line um that can't be overstepped because you don't want children to be so opinionated where they think that they have a stake in uh, making you know, all of the rules for the household. Um, they do have to understand that they are still children and that they do have a place. Um, so I kind of wanted to look a little bit at some of the new school perspectives and and see what y'all thought. So I asked the question, um, I asked the question, you know, basically, what's a child's place? You know, do you feel like children are owed explanations? Do you feel like children are owed, you know, apologies and things of that nature? And here's a, a few of the um, responses that I received. So the first responder, and again, guys, I'm not um, putting names out here, but I am going to read your responses. I'm going to leave your names anonymous just in case anybody, you know, felt some kind of way about me sharing. So one person hit the inbox and they said, absolutely, children are old explanations and apologies. They're children. They've got feelings. If you're wrong, you're wrong. It's important that we explain why they're being reprimanded too, so that they can understand why they're getting in trouble. Uh, parents and children should display mutual respect for one another. So that was our first person that responded to the question. Uh, the second person said, yes, a parent is the child's first teacher. Whether there's communication or not, your child will still learn from you. So it is always best to explain or apologize when necessary. And then a few other parents definitely said, explaining and to your children helps them develop their reasoning and logic skills. So... You know, I wanted to kind of have this discussion because I agree with a lot of those mothers and uh, that is definitely a practice that I take into my own motherhood, but it was not always this way. So, you know, for this new school part of the segment, you know, kind of want to talk about what I used to do as a mother and then step a little bit into what I do currently. So um, when I first became a mother, I definitely still had the perspective of basically a child's place is to be seen and not heard um I definitely you know had the hammer down as far as being the authoritarian and I definitely um was I would say rough I would say you know I was um definitely hard on my children in the very beginning especially my daughter um and I definitely think that I took on a lot of the perspective that maybe my mom had in the sense that she might know my daughter needed to know that I am like the authority in the house you don't make up any rules um you know and I'm and I'm the one that has the final word regardless you know regardless of what your opinion may be um and obviously she's only six and so I will say that my parenting style has drastically changed um as she's gotten older she is able to reason more 
my explanations make a lot more sense to her and she's able to make choices. And so that's, that's definitely a, a huge part of the reason why I have switched, you know, my motherhood style. So for when she was little, it was like, look, you know, this is the way that it is. We don't ask questions. We don't ask why mommy knows best and we're going to go. Now though, um, since my daughter's been maybe like five and six years old, she'll be seven this year. I definitely had to change or adjust my mother in style based on her personality, based on her understanding of the world and just kind of based on my observation of her. So we see our children every day. They're watching us grow. Um, but obviously too, they're watching us every day. And so just like one of my responders said, uh, you know, even if you're communicating with your child or not, they always are watching you. And so whether you intend for them to learn something from you or not, they are learning. You know, whether you explicitly state something to them or whether they just watch and observe your behavior over time, they are learning from you. And so they're taking on, you know, a lot of those attributes that you have. So, so one of the ways that I've definitely changed my mother in style is I was harder on my daughter, especially in the beginning. And, um, as she, as her brother came into the family two years ago, I realized, um, that she was doing a lot of yelling. Um, she was doing a lot of like pestering him, hitting him and things like that. And some people said like, that's normal behavior when a new sibling comes into the house, you know, kids get jealous and things like that. And so, you know, just try to watch and, and be observant and, you know, things like that. But what I started to notice as my son got older and my son is two now is that, uh, my daughter and my son's relationship was, it could be pretty volatile at times. And again, you know, I'm an only child, but everybody that had siblings or who grew up with siblings or raised siblings, obviously, you know, was like, look, that's normal. Kids just get on each other's nerves. That's normal. Um, but my daughter was being mean to him. She would walk up to him. She would hit him. She would push him. My son would hit her back. It was a whole thing. And I was trying to steady figure out, like, why are they so upset with each other? Why is there so much, like, you know, them fussing at each other all the time? Uh, and so I had to do some self-reflection. Um, and when I reflected, I realized, like, girl, you yell every day. <laughs> um, you know, you are yelling all the time. And so what is that teaching them? You know, you're not necessarily going to them and saying, hey, guys, yell at each other as a form of communication. Um, but because of my own frustration, you know, I was yelling, I was popping and hitting and things of that nature. And that made them display that same exact behavior towards one another. And so when I saw myself reflected back, um, I was um, embarrassed I guess that's the best way to say I was definitely embarrassed and I was definitely, um, it definitely woke me up, I will say, um, because I knew that like, this is not behavior that I want them to display. I don't want them to be this way towards one another. Um, and then once I figured out why it was like, okay, girl, girl, you, you, the one initiating the yelling, you're the one initiating the popping and things like that. And they're taking out their frustration and their aggression on one another. And so you have to start at the root, which is find a more effective way to communicate. And so what I had to start doing was saying, okay, I don't want my, first of all, I don't want my kids to be afraid of me. Um, and at the, a certain point, I definitely think that they were fearful of me. Um, you know, 
I used to do a lot of popping and um, my son, when I would walk by him, he would kind of flinch quite a bit. And my daughter, she knew if, if something was coming, she would kind of flinch a little bit. And that made me sad. And I was like, actually, this isn't the relationship that I want my children to have with me. This is not the way that I want my children to remember their mother. I had a day where um, I had this really extremely toxic interaction with my daughter and um, I had hit my daughter um, and it wasn't a spanking. It wasn't a pop on the butt. Um, it wasn't like an or what I guess people would consider inappropriate um, form of discipline. And, you know, I, I had hit her in the face um, as laughter. And um, I'm really ashamed of this. Um, but that was the day that I realized it woke me up in that moment to see the disappointment on her face, to see the, um, the fear uh, in her eyes. It took me back to my own childhood and some of the you know, toxic, abusive, um, you know, interactions that I had. And, and, and I realized in that moment, like, no, this is, I have to stop. Like right now in this moment, I have to stop this because this is not healthy. This is not the way that I want to mother. And this is not the memory, um, that I want my daughter to have of me. And if I, if I want them to be better then I have to start with me, I have to start with myself. So um, after that extremely toxic interaction with my daughter, I took a few minutes in the bathroom kind of to quiet my nerves and kind of get myself together because I knew in that moment that I was reacting out of anger. I was reacting out of frustration. And um, I had to kind of ask myself, like, but why? Why am I angry? What what is the source of my anger? And of course, that takes me back to a whole bunch of other different stuff from my own childhood, from my own interactions with my mother. And I had to say like, okay, maybe that's my experience and that's what I grew up with. But if I want things to be better with my daughter, how do I change that? So I did have to make a choice in that moment of I'm not doing this again, period. Like I'm not going to interact with my child in this way anymore and so what I did after I came out of the bathroom was I grabbed my daughter I was crying in that moment I was so ashamed you know I apologized to her um and explained to her that I should not have done it you know I did not try to make an excuse I did not try to explain away my reaction um I didn't try to make it like where it was her fault or anything because it was not. It was purely my own actions in that moment. Um, and I told her, I was like, there's literally no excuse in this world. I was angry and I did this and I should not have done it. And I am sincerely apologetic and I promise that I will not do this again. You know, and we were able to have a conversation after that. Um, and she expressed, like, obviously, you know, that she was angry with me, that she was sad, that she was scared. And when I explained to her that, like, hey, after this day, you know, mommy is no longer going to use physical, you know, means to discipline you. You know, I don't want to hit you anymore, period. Like, I don't want to spank. Um, I don't want to pop. You know, I don't want to do any of these, um, you know, harmful or 
violent action towards you because all I know that is ultimately, excuse me, is that these forms of discipline are a um, an expression of my own frustration, right? It's not necessarily an effective means of discipline for my kid. And I can't speak for anybody else's kid. I just know my own child, um, my own children, honestly, um, because for both of them, <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't work well for them. And I'll explain that, um, you know, but physical means just do not work for them. And so it was like, okay, if, if this is not working, what actually works? And so this was hard for me because, um, you know, the way that I grew up, I definitely got spanked. I definitely got hit. And that was just the method, right? That was just what our, how our parents were raised. And that's how they raised us. And especially in the black community, child, we've been hitting it since slavery. We've been popping and snatching people's throats, you know, since, since slavery. So a lot of us, we just take what's been passed down um, and we just take, take it and we, we give it to our children the same way, you know, spare the rod and all that, you know. And and so we tend to, to take that into our own parenting. But what I observed, you know, after watching both of my children was that ultimately this is making their relationship strained. It's making their relationship with me strained. And ultimately it's not healthy and I don't think that they're going to have these healthy memories of, of me that I want them to have. And so I need to make a change. So after that discussion with my daughter, you know, I apologized. I explained to her that, hey, you know what? Mommy gets it wrong sometimes, flat out. Mommy does not always do the right thing. You know, mommy is trying, but mommy does make mistakes. And this particular, you know, interaction was definitely a mistake. And mommy does not want to do this ever again. Mommy doesn't want to hurt you like this again. You know, I'm not proud of myself. I am ashamed. You know, we, we had this whole moment. We both cried. Child, it was a whole thing. Um, <laughs> But after that, I saw my daughter's perspective change. Like her whole attitude brightened up in the sense that she wasn't so moody anymore. I think with my daughter, when I was, def when I was spanking, when I was hitting, she definitely felt like, the other shoe's going to drop any moment. Any moment here, mama's going to go off. She's going to start yelling at us. Um, she's going to pop us if we're doing something we're not supposed to do, you know. And so I think she was always kind of carrying around a little bit of anxiety with her, which was making her be aggressive towards her brother. Um, and I would always say, like, why are you? Because she would do all kind of manipulative stuff, right? Like getting her brother in trouble or kind of setting up scenarios so that she would see him get popped instead of her and see. And she would come into me and be like, see, mom, I didn't do such and such. I'm a good girl. Like he did that. And that's bad. You know, she was really trying to set this idea up of the good child versus the bad child. And I realized that that was because I had all of these negative repercussions that came with quote unquote getting in trouble and it felt like for them it for them it was like a competition of like see who's on mommy's good side today you know what i mean and who's going to get in trouble today and i realized that that was like super toxic i did not want them to have this kind of a competition going on of like who's going to who who's going to get who in trouble today and who's going to watch who get popped or who's going to watch who, you know, get reprimanded. Um, I just wanted to take that off the table completely. Like I just did not want to be able to reach into my bag of tools and, and use that as an option. And so I had to take it off the table for myself. Um, I did say like from this day forward, I'm not going to do this anymore. 
and my daughter, I started to, and I explained to her what the new method was going to be. So I explained like, you know, my kids have a TV in their room. They both have tablets. Um, they have a ton of toys in their room. And so I explained to her, I'm like, look, here's what the new method is going to be. You know, mommy's going to try to warn you if you're talking out of turn or you're doing something disrespectful. Mommy's going to explain to you why this is incorrect. And then the next step is going to be either you're going to be, you know, standing in the corner. We're going to be taking away privileges from anywhere from one day to a week, right? We're going to be taking away privileges, those things that you love. You're no longer going to have access to those things, right? You know, mommy and daddy provide those things for you for entertainment, but they are a privilege and not a right. And so we don't have to give them to you. And if you haven't exhibited the behavior that earns those privileges, then we're going to take them away. And so once she kind of understood that like, okay, so with me and my brother, it's no longer a thing of like, who's going to get a whooping today? Who's going to get popped? Or who's going to get yelled at now it's like okay i actually want to just be on good behavior so that i can have access to all of my privileges and that literally was a simple choice for her it was like oh so if i act up you're gonna take my tablet uh no like i'm finna do what i gotta do right if i act up you're gonna take my tv out of my room uh no let me chill let me get myself together and let me do what i know to do so her whole personality, I feel like, changed. Her whole entire response to me changed. And even with my son, so they're no longer doing this flinching. They're no longer uh, behaving like they're afraid of me. Um, I definitely thought that my daughter was averse to um, touch. She wasn't very cuddly early on. And, I, and honestly, this is a shift that I've made in, say, the past maybe eight or nine months with my children. And this is me being totally honest because I told y'all I've been on this journey maybe the past two years. So you got to think that this has been my pattern of behavior for a long time. And now maybe in the past eight months or so, I have shifted my behavior and made these changes. So I'm talking to you about something that I am currently working my way through. Please do not. I am not an expert. I am literally experiencing motherhood one day at a time. But one thing that I have observed and noticed with my daughter is that she used to be very averse to touch. She wouldn't come hug me. She really didn't like for me to kiss her ever. Um, and I think it was because of she didn't know. I think, I think when you talk about touch, you know, obviously we teach kids, uh, hopefully we're teaching our kids, right, about safe touch and harmful touch. <coughs> and a huge part of being a parent is, you know, our kids are looking for us, looking for us to be their comfort. When they skin their knee, they fall down, they hurt themselves, they make a mistake, they're looking for us to comfort them. Um, but sometimes those same hands that we use for comfort are used for repercussion. And I think that can be confusing to them. Because they're not sure if, you know, is mommy a place of comfort or is mommy a place of, you know, harm? And I definitely wanted to take the blurriness out of those lines for my kids. And that was just my own personal, you know, experience and my own personal, you know, journey with my own children. Again, every child is different. Every kid has a different personality. Some are more stubborn than others. Some you can talk to them and you can explain and they get it. Some you just have to threaten them and they get it. And some, you know, some need a whooping. And so I'm just talking about my, like I said, my own experience with my own children. And so what I noticed after I took spanking off the table completely with both of them, um, my daughter started to come to me more. 
and she started to be less apprehensive about coming to me. Um, What I had to do with my communication method is that I had to change the way that I explained things to her, meaning that I had to make sure that I was explaining things thoroughly. And if I had an expectation, you know, something I wanted her to do or a task I needed her to complete, I would get down to her level on her needs. And I say I would. I still do this for both of my kids. I'm talking in a soft tone. So basically the same tone that I'm speaking right now is the tone that I will give them when I'm trying to communicate what I need for them to do. So I explain to them if it's a couple of steps to it. I explain like step one, step two, step three. Um, And then I make sure that they heard me like I make sure I'm making eye contact with them while I'm doing this process and I make sure that they heard what I said and I'll have them repeat it back to me or say like, do you understand? And they'll say like, yes, ma'am. Right. And they ended up being able to respond positively to that form of communication. So before what it used to be, which is a whole bunch of yelling across the house, get dressed, get your clothes, get this, get in the tub, get your, you know, come sit at the table. Like, <laughs> so this is my reality, right? This is how I was running my house because, um, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I'm working. You know, I have all this stuff that I have to get done. And we still got to be in the, y'all still got to be in the bed by 830. So like, hurry up and do it now. Right. Um, but what I started to do is change the way I communicated with them and change like the temperature of the house. And so what I noticed, and this was something that I know, I'm not going to lie to you. The first couple of days of doing this, I had to check myself almost every minute to make sure that I was not getting out of pocket so that I make sure that I was not raising my voice to make sure that I wasn't having these toxic interactions with them. And I had my days where I told my husband, I'm like, look, if I need you to tag in, then I, that means that I need you to take over for five, 10 minutes. I need to go to the bathroom. I need to take a break. If I feel myself getting angry, I need a minute. And so that's kind of like our cold word right now where I'd be like, uh, uh-uh, I need a minute. I need a minute. You know what I mean? And he kind of knows. He understands that, um, you know, I'm trying to control my anger and I'm trying to, you know, make sure that I'm not displaying these kind of harmful characteristics in front of them. And so he'll tag in when I need them and things like that. Um, But what it was a minute by minute process at first. And after a couple of weeks, it became more natural. It became our new normal to the point now where, you know, Most of the time, if I'm explaining things, I try to explain to them in the same calm tone, get down on their level and explain, you know, and I'm not going to lie and say that this is an easy process. It is extremely time consuming. It is extremely time consuming, um, you know, because it, it takes time to explain things to them. It takes time to make sure that they understand. And a lot of times when I was growing up, it was just because I said so, you know, our mama's just because I said so everything because I said so do it now because I said so. Right. And no real explanation of why. And of course they're frustrated. They're short on time. Like I said, my mom was a single parent. She ain't had time to be doing all these explanations. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, <laughs> so with my own though, I had to shift. I had to make a shift from because I said so to, hey, the reason why mommy doesn't want you to have your pencils out in your room is because your brother might grab them. He's two. He might try to eat it. He might poke himself in the eye. It's not safe. So I need you to put the pencils away in their proper place. You know what I mean? So it it became little things like that um, of just explaining everything. And when I tell you this is not easy because my son is two, he's currently potty training and he is two right (laughs) 
he is. He throws tantrums, all of these various things. And even with him, I learned, I figured out that if I grabbed him by both of his hands, even in the middle of a tantrum, I'm, you know, I make him stand up and I call his name. I get down on his level, down on my knees, grab his hands and kind of explain like, hey, we're not throwing a fit right now. This is what mommy needs you to do. Mommy needs you to sit down at the table and we're going to eat. Right. Um, and then after, cause like one time he threw a huge fit because he had gone potty, he gone pee pee on the potty. We gave him a cookie as like a treat and he wanted another cookie. Um, and he's just getting his verbal skills together. Like obviously he could say cookie, eat food, whatever, pig, cow, chicken. He can say all his ABCs, numbers, colors. Um, but he's not speaking quite in sentences yet, but I knew based on the fact that we put his dinner in front of him and, you know, after he'd eaten his cookie, he was making the signal uh, for more. He was signing to say more cookie. And I told him no. And of course he had this huge tantrum and I explained to him and I, I didn't think it was going to work. I ain't going to lie. This was my very first time doing it. Now, usually we would just, Hey, Hey, stop. You know, <laughs> our first reaction would, Hey, you know, you're going to get a pop, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and what I had to do was say, let me just try this and see if it works. So I grabbed him by both hands. I got down on this level, explained to him, do you want another cookie? And he said, cookie, you know, like affirmative. Um, and I said, hey, you know what? Right now it's time to eat dinner. If you eat all your dinner, eat everything on your plate, you get another cookie. Do you understand? And he, yes, ma'am. And he went on in and he ate all his dinner. And then he, as soon as he finished the last bite, he came up to me with his plate and his fork. And he said, mommy, cookie, please. <laughs> right. And so I was like, hmm. Hmm, this actually worked um so I was I ain't gonna lie I was in shock okay I was in shock because I didn't think it was gonna work I did not think that he would respond well to that but it let me know even for him his two-year-old self his brain is at least developed enough where he can understand what I'm trying to explain to him so even with the two-year-old I still explain now again this is not to say that I never ever you know slip I definitely have had a couple of days where I may have popped my, my son. He's potty training. We have our days where he poops on himself or pees on the floor or whatever. I definitely have popped him a couple of times since this whole thing started. But those times have been very, very few and far between. And also with that, I even caught myself those couple of times and then again had to come back to my new normal and say, actually, I'm choosing not to do this anymore. Remember, Dejan, you made a choice not to interact with your kids like this anymore. And so now what I've started to implement is like if he has an accident or whatever, making him sit in the corner, making him, you know, face the wall. You need five minutes of time out and then we'll come back to the potty and we'll try it again. So he, you know, he's two. He still is finding his voice. Um, he definitely throws tantrums sometimes. But I've learned that when I communicate with him effectively, he tends to calm down pretty quickly and say like, yes, ma'am. OK. And he tends to try, you know, to do what I say. And so I've learned that this is a little bit more effective and I have shifted their position in the family a little bit. So, you know, when I was coming up, it was definitely because I said so my way or the highway, your opinion, your perspective, whatever does not matter. I'm the rule maker. And what I had to do is start to learn from my children. That totally changed my perspective. I think that a lot of times we think as adults, like kids don't know anything you know, they're too young to understand all this stuff. I just need you to be here, be seen, not heard, stay out of grown folk business, bibbidi bobbidi boop. But what I learned and what my children have taught me is that they are 
definitely contributors to the temperature of the family. They're definitely contributors to the success of the family. And if I want to teach them healthy, effective communication with one another and other people when they leave my house, then I have to be their first example of that. So what one of my commenters said was, hey, we are their first teachers. So whether we're telling them explicitly or whether they're observing our actions, all of that every single day over the course of their whole time with us in our homes is teaching them how to communicate. It's teaching them how to interact with other people. How do you react when you get frustrated? You know, how do you act when you're stressed? Are you able to say, you know what? I had a really rough day at work. Tonight, y'all gonna eat some cereal. (laughs) And I need about 10, 15 minutes in the bathroom to just decompress. And you can do that. It's okay to take some steps back and say, guys, I need y'all to go in y'all room and I need 20 minutes and I'll call y'all when dinner is ready or whatever the case may be. It's totally fine to do that. Um, And so definitely I've seen their relationship with one another change. You know, are they still siblings? Of course. Do they still try to get one another in trouble and tattletale all the live long day? Of course they do. But what I always do, again, is try to recenter. Hey, guys, this is not a competition. Mommy's not playing favorites with anybody. No one is the better or worse child. Y'all both got y'all issues that y'all need to work on um but we're not trying to get each other in trouble we're not trying to be vindictive we're not trying to be malicious we love each other this is what we're supposed to do and so we'll help each other if you see the other sibling doing something wrong help them you know so even with my daughter she's like he threw his shoe or he did this or he did that i'm like well help him show him the right way to do it instead of criticizing instead of coming to me you know to be the person to you know put the hammer down why don't you show him hey we don't turn our cup upside down because then we're gonna have water all over the floor and show him how to put it right side up and so even with that she's learning and he's learning too even in his own two-year-old way, that actually this is better because, you know, I won't have water all over my bed because I spilled my cup, right? You know, he's figuring that stuff out too. Um, And even with my daughter, like I had to let a lot of life consequences kind of be the barometer for her. So instead of me constantly yelling every morning because we're running late, right? It became a consequence of, hey, if you don't get out of bed when mommy comes to wake you up, you're not going to have time to eat breakfast, right? Instead of like, get up, breakfast ready, sit at the table, right? Instead of it becoming this toxic thing every morning when we got to get out the door, it just becomes, hey, I'm coming in your room at 630 like I always do. We got to be out the door by 715 on time so we can get to school and work on time right and I explained all this to her um so she would have her days where she want to sleep in until 6 45 or 6 50 and I would say hey it usually takes you 15 minutes sometimes 20 because she's a little slow you know to get dressed to brush your teeth to go to the restroom and everything have socks and shoes on and be ready you know what I'm saying and if you do that then that means you don't have time to eat breakfast right um so you gotta the earlier you get up the better chance you have of being able to eat breakfast at home so my daughter is very picky eater she don't want to eat the school breakfast so that was something for her that worked she had a day where she slept in real late and i kept telling her i said listen you can sleep in that's fine but i'm gonna get you up so you can get dressed brush your teeth get ready and now today you don't have time to eat breakfast you're gonna have to eat at school and when i tell you she cried like it was the worst thing ever. Like she cried the whole, I said, well, this is what happens. If you don't get up on time, you don't get to eat 
you know, pancakes that mommy made you at home. And then every day from that day forward, she was like, I'm getting up early because I want to eat breakfast at home. I don't want to eat school breakfast. And so, you know, a lot of times I let stuff play out to show her that it may not always be me as the person that's doling out consequences. Sometimes life is just going to have its own set of consequences. You know, you lose your hat at school. Y'all know it's winter and kids be losing jackets and hats. I promise y'all I bought about five hats. And um, my daughter had a day, I would always tell my daughter, put your hat inside your sleeve so that when you hang your coat up on your hook in the classroom, your hat doesn't fall out, you don't lose it. And when it's time to go outside, the next time you have your hat. And she had a couple times where she lost her hat and we had a day that she had lost it and um, and it wasn't in the classroom. We couldn't find it anywhere when I picked her up from school and it was very cold and rainy that day. And she had to go outside. I mean, she had her coat on and she put her hood on her head, but it wasn't really staying because it was windy. It was cold. And I said, this is why mommy's telling you to be responsible for your things. This is why mommy's telling you to put your hat inside your sleeve every time because you need your hat. And right now we don't even have the time to go and get you another hat. You know what I mean? And so she started to understand, like, I'm going to do this every day because going out in that cold and that rain with no hat is not the move. Um, And so, again, like, I think it's important for us as parents to kind of understand that, like, the way we communicate with our children, the way that we're interacting with them on a daily basis is definitely teaching them, whether that's for good or for bad. One thing that I've noticed with my kids is that they communicate better with me. They communicate better with each other. And even now that I've taken those um, aspects of harmful touch away, they're so much more cuddly with me. They're so much more loving with me. They're so much more affectionate with me because they know that mommy is a place of comfort. Mommy is a place of like, I had a hard day and I just want to snuggle. And they don't have any fear that you know who knows if mommy gonna tap reach out and touch us you know um and 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 they don't have that worry anymore you know what i mean it i may i do still definitely fuss sometimes do i yell like i used to no you know do i have days where i slip yes right i used to yell every day i ain't gonna lie to y'all i'm talking about i wake up if they waking up wrong you know waking me up too early or whatever the case may be i would be upset i would be raising my voice and so what i've had to do is take inventory of my own kind of toxic behaviors and change them and for real change them for the better. And so communicating more effectively with my children, explaining things, apologizing when I'm dead wrong, period. Um, You know, that is something that we all should strive to do. I think even with my own mother, I've seen her now in recent years come back and say, you know what, I do think the way that you're interacting with them is harmful. I do think the way that you're raising your voice can be scary for them. Now, obviously, when she first told me this over a year ago, I was like, girl, who are you and what have you done with my mother? Because all you used to do is yell at me and fuss and all this, right? And we had a good laugh about it. And I didn't see it at that time, honestly. Um, it wasn't until that toxic interaction with my daughter that I, that I really saw it genuinely. And, you know, but my mother did say, like, maybe I did not do all the things right with you. But now, in hindsight, I can see how this was damaging. I can see how this was probably harmful. You know, I can see how this probably wasn't a productive 
form of you know discipline or a productive form of communication for you and all I want for you to do is do better with your children you know what I mean and so you know guys I I really 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 hope that you got something from this you know this is definitely me kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty um, we all as mothers have those moments that we're ashamed of I know that I can't possibly be the only one um, and I, I know this is me kind of sharing I feel I still feel very like nervous about sharing this with you guys but I wanted to share my truth because I think the only way that any of us can learn is by being you know 100% real again like and I totally understand if anybody judges, if anybody says, I would never, ever do this ever in life. I totally understand, you know, in the sense that we all have different upbringings. We all have different traumas that we've experienced. And we're all in the process of learning. Um, and I, I wanted to kind of come back to this quote. I'm in the process right now of reading um, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And in Brene Brown's book, she talks about, you know, this is actually a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. And uh, the name of the book is Daring Greatly, but this is a um, quote by Theodore Roosevelt that she uses for her title. And the quote says, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. And again, guys, that's a quote by Theodore Roosevelt, but I definitely pulled that out of Brene Brown's book. And it, it brought me some comfort in those moments where I was definitely, and, you know, I, I definitely went into a depression after that toxic episode with my daughter uh, for at least two or three weeks. I was extremely depressed, extremely ashamed, um, extremely apologetic. I cried to my husband and told him I was like the worst mom ever. Like I... I had so many feelings, um, so much guilt, so much guilt. And I just, I was at work crying. Like it was a whole thing. But this quote kind of brought me back to my center a little bit to say, girl, you are going to make mistakes in this motherhood thing. You are going to fall short. You are going to have moments that you are not proud of. But the only thing you can do from this point forward is make tomorrow a new day, a clean slate, apologize, decide that you're going to change and do something different, and then do that. Start moving in that direction every day. And even if you have days where you fall back, tomorrow is another day. So start off clean, start off fresh, start anew, and every day you're going to get closer and closer to your goal. It is very easy for people who are not involved parents, who are not invested in teaching their children. It's very easy um, for people to criticize. It's even easy, what I've noticed, for people who don't even have children to criticize. It's very easy. Um, but until you have done this motherhood thing day after day, year after year, uh, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult for me to take your criticism seriously. And that's just me. Um, 
but I want to say, hey guys, feel how you feel. I know this is kind of deep. I know that y'all might even feel some kind of way about Dejan now, and that's fine too. But I wanted to share my truth. I wanted to be fully open with y'all and kind of explain, you know, where I've come from and and how I've changed with my mothering style. I, my relationship with my kids has definitely improved, and I pray that it continues to improve because. You know, all the memories that they have of me or a majority of the memories, you know, that they have with me, I want them to be happy. I want them to be good. I want to raise my children to be good communicators. I want them to raise my children to be opinionated so they don't let people walk all over them and treat them any kind of way. And honestly, what brought me back to reality was the fact that it is my job to protect my children. It's my job to protect them even if that means protecting them from me. And that was that was definitely the realization that sent me into that depression spiral because I'm like, Jesus, what am I doing? You know, so definitely, guys, take some time to reflect. You know, if you're having any kind of interactions with your kids that you feel like, man, this is not healthy or this is not effective communication, or whatever the case may be, take that time, come back to your center, reflect on what's going on and try to fix it tomorrow see tomorrow as a new day if apologies or explanations are necessary definitely give them you know kids are a lot smarter than we give them credit for you know i definitely still tell my kids like nah mommy makes the rules you're gonna eat the food that i give you you're gonna get dressed at the time i say get dressed. you know the rules are still the rules but i do let them have a little bit more ownership and a little bit more choice in how they decide to do things and let them know that you do have a choice. You totally um, are a person who has contributed to this household, to this family. And so your happiness matters to me. And so in that spirit, you know, definitely express express yourself, obviously within reason, but express it. And, and we'll see if, if mommy and daddy can do something to try to um, facilitate that. If not, if it's a complete no-go, we'll let you know and we'll let you know why. Um, but you know, definitely guys, I hope you got something from this again. Like I know this is kind of deep. I don't know, you know, I, again, this is honestly a me self, self therapizing myself, reflecting sometimes daily reflections of motherhood. And I really hope that this resonates with you guys. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, any observations, guys, please don't hesitate to reach out to the instagram the facebook or the gmail in any way guys i hope you enjoyed it and i'm gonna see y'all next week peace